Welcome to Rock Your Retirement, and today you are in for a treat. I got to interview Fritzy Groday. <laughs> it's so funny. I've had so much trouble pronouncing her name. It's Fritzy Grodeon, and very chic sounding, isn't it? And she is somebody who helps you take your home and make it safe for yourself or your parents as they age. And she gave us so much information. This is jam-packed. One of the things that she gave us were the six tips of helping um, change your home in case you have somebody with Alzheimer's living there. This helps you reduce your stress and theirs. So I hope that you find this as informational as I did on today's episode of Rock Your Retirement. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. And today we're talking with Fritzy Grodeon, who is a certified aging in place specialist, trainer, and chief advocacy officer at Age Safe America. That's a mouthful. She works with some home remodeling specialists, occupational therapists, medical supply professionals, and others who want to help people stay at home safely. Now, additionally, she's an award winning author of the book. Grace Grit Insights to Real Life Challenges of Aging for Adult Children and Their Parents. And I'm sorry, I actually messed up the title of her book. It's Grace and Grit Insights to Real Life Challenges of Aging for Adult Children and Their Parents. I thought Fritzy would be a fabulous guest today because many of us are dealing with issues as our parents age. Sometimes it just takes some simple modifications to keep our parents safe in their own homes. And Fritzy is going to talk with us about that today. Fritzy, welcome to the show. And I hope I didn't mess everything up. It's all good. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Fritzi, what did, what did you do before you started helping our parents age safely in their homes? My last career uh, in New York for 22 years, I was an environmental consultant working primarily in hazardous materials, asbestos, lead, mold, and I worked in schools, commercial buildings, hospitals, and in people's homes. In the middle of that career cycle, I also formed um, the first senior move management company on Long Island. So it was a completely different industry, and it was the first time and and a little bit ahead of its time, I have to confess, because it took a while to to get it started. But senior move management is working with families, doing the downsizing, packing and moving, uh, and then setting up the new home or apartment, replicating to the very best of our ability what the original home environment looked like. So over the 10 years that I was doing that work, there were probably about a thousand families that came through our company transitions. And the manager, when I was choosing to 
to leave New York and to come to California. Then the manager running the business, she and her husband took it over and the business is still thriving on Long Island. So I'm, I'm proud of that time. That's really cool. You know, it's funny because we had a, an interview, a, a guest on the show who does that. And I got lots of emails from people saying, wow, I didn't know that that kind of service existed. So that's pretty cool. So you were a groundbreaker. Yes. And I think for household guardians now and this home safety and aging in place niche, I kind of find myself in the same place because people are still not used to the idea that someone is really trained to help them do it and do it successfully and easily. How do you do that? Do you go into people's homes and just take a look at what they're doing or do you mostly work with the other professionals these days? Actually, the magic is really the work in people's homes and there's a 240-point assessment. Wow, yeah. 240 points. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's very extensive and mostly I really just try to reassure people that other than in the pathways, I'm really not concerned about clutter. I don't care how neat your home is. I really work very hard to ensure that the clients and, and where they are in their space and what their needs and their changing needs might be get addressed. It's outside the house, inside, room by room. There's a lot of points to consider. And is it mostly people like me who, you know, I have a, a father, he has Parkinson's and was just diagnosed with, they said Alzheimer's, but I, I don't know if it was Alzheimer's or some other type of dementia. And I know that when I have visited them in the past, I was so upset because they had throw rugs laying around and my dad falls about a million times a day. Mm-hmm. Is it mostly that kind of thing or is it? grab bars, stair lifts? What types of things do you do? Well, actually, my first personal interest is in lighting because having enough light to really see where our pathways are, yes, absolutely, removing tripping hazards is very important as well. But improving the lighting and using things like small battery-powered motion sensor lights to give us an extra boost of light in a hallway or going from room to room really can make a difference for us in terms of being able to see where we want to be able to put our feet and avoid any hazards, any tripping hazards. But there's a lot more to it than uh, simply tripping hazards themselves. A lot of, for example, when we start outside the house, there are about at least seven things that I look at just on the front door in terms of the ease of use of the handle, lighted doorbells, a little bench by the side of the door so you can put your packages down while you fumble with the keys. Is there a security peephole? If somebody has low vision, there are devices that can go on the inside of a peephole that are actually the size of a smartphone. So someone with lower vision doesn't have to try to peer out the small hole in the window. But on the door itself, it looks just like a simple peephole to anybody from the other side. So there are lots of things we can do even before we step into the house itself for safety. Wow, you have really opened my eyes already. And we just started this conversation. So how did you get into this? I mean, you moved from the East Coast to the West and started this business. What gave you the idea? Part of it happened during the 10 years I was a senior move manager, because folks really, for the most part, like, you know, 85% of us don't want to move. And there's typically a trigger event in the family that 
forces that change to take place. So for people wanting to stay home, that was, for me, it was a big marketplace, but it's also the work of my heart. My mother had low vision. My dad had neuropathy from diabetes. So I knew that there were things that I was doing as a long distance caregiver and when I would come on holiday to make sure that the small improvements were being made in the house. I knew that that was an area in which I wanted to work. So when I first came to California, I stayed in the hazardous materials area and I did some training in that. And then I began to actually build this household guardians business and I finished my book once I got here and all of those pieces are coming together now that I'm here in California. What type of modifications are there? If there's 200, how many did you say? 260 points? Yes. <laughs> so so does that mean there's 260 types of modifications that you can make or... No. How does that work? No, that's that's really the number of places that I'm looking or my household guardians advisors, safety advisors are looking including uh, measuring widths of doorways, um, heights of thresholds, looking for non-slip surfaces and yes, absolutely security bars, safety bars were the vocabulary around grab bars is changing partly because boomers are more egotistical than any previous generation. So <laughs> grab bars may disappear from the vocabulary as designers create balance bars and safety bars in bathrooms. But certainly um, those are always primary in terms of suggestions if they're not already there. I like the term balance bars. It makes me sound like a ballerina. There you go. That just proves the point. And now, you know, the, what's also happening is the product manufacturers are now doing them in designer finishes. And there are even, there's an Italian company that does them in bright colors. So if you're having your bathroom remodeled and you have beautiful tile in the shower and you know, naturally we would recommend no threshold, linear drain, all of those things. But the safety bars can actually appear to be a decorative accessory and not the industrial or hospital look at all in a beautifully remodeled bathroom. Oh, that's so wonderful. I have um, a friend of mine who's a designer. I need to tell her that. I'm sure at this point, because it's becoming more and more popular, uh, but absolutely share it, share the information. I, I just yesterday met someone who had learned, not from me, unfortunately, but from someone else, which I'm gracious, um, the toilet paper holder. Yeah. There's a new style that's a toilet paper holder, and it has like a semicircle over the top of it. So it looks like, hmm, that's a very interesting decorative feature. In fact, that's a safety bar. So if this toilet paper holder is mounted correctly, it can support 250 pounds of transfer oh my weight. Gosh, that's amazing. And so you don't have necessarily you know, another form of support next to the toilet, you can simply put in a new toilet paper holder and create that extra sense of safety and actual safety right there. This is not exactly what you may have thought was the rock your retirement topic, but toilet paper holders work. How to rock your retirement with toilet paper holders. I mean, that might be the, um, the title of the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. 
So this is really fascinating. What what types of modifications do people usually make and are they expensive? The, some of the first things that we recommend are the easy things you can do in your home, especially related to lighting. The battery-powered motion sensor lights, using the new LED lights on a ribbon, you can put them along railings and they're cool to the touch. So you could put it underneath a railing for light. You can peel them up a stairway to create extra light, put them on toe kicks under cabinets. There's lots of the very affordable things. Johns Hopkins University did a study and they said that about $1,400 worth of products installed in a home would make a significant difference in the fall risk for that amount. And then, you know, when people are going to be doing more, if they have a situation that's going to have greater mobility issues, where you're going to be having to widen doorways or do a bathroom remodel, those things naturally cost more money. If they don't need a bathroom remodel, but just need to increase the lighting, then it's going to be 1400 or less? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you could have safety bars installed. I mean, you could do several things that would be very affordable and would get you started. One of the things that I have discovered is even when I do an assessment and leave a motion sensor light as a gift, <laughs> that little bit of a change is enough to raise our consciousness about safety and to say, gee, that little change did make a difference. And then it encourages us to make another change and another. It's like a good golf shot. <laughs> Apparently people who play golf tell me that when you make a really good golf shot that you'll somehow want to come back and play again. That's news to me, but... <laughs> Well, I've never made a really good golf shot, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, well, I think I made, I made one in 1992. You can tell how often I've played subsequently. But it's, it's the same idea that making the small changes, of course, if somebody has, if somebody's coming home um, after a surgery, coming out of rehab, and you really need to do more, then it will cost more. And, you know, some of those things, there's ways to get financing or ways to get financial support for some of those items. But yeah, I mean, I don't want people to think that they can do whole house remodel for $1,500. No, but, of course not. But we certainly can, uh, we can certainly take steps that will improve our safety. And kind of reduce our worry a bit, kind of reduce some of the stress uh, related to, you know, am I going to get that call about mom or dad? And also, I mean, we'll see the changes in the technologies are increasing so quickly that technology is making a difference. And you mentioned um, your dad and Parkinson's. There are changes that you can do in someone's home that will, you can do some things now and then as his needs change, then you can add additional things later. Like you don't have to do everything all at once, uh, but for example, adding railings along the hallway, along spaces where he walks that he can grab onto something in a place that you might not have thought of it before. And some houses, for example, have wainscoting as a decorative feature. So if you add a railing above the wainscoting, you haven't institutionalized the home. Nobody notices. It's just a feature. It's, it's, it's like the concept of universal design, where the features in the home really work for people of all ages and all abilities. And so those 
changes that can be made, they can happen as a person's physical condition. Sometimes it improves, sometimes it doesn't. And we're able to kind of help the family also do a bit of a look ahead and say, this is where we are now. And this is where we might be in six months. If you're not there, then, you know, we'll look a little bit further out, but we're still going to be there to support you and making those changes that are going to make life continue to be easier as it, as you go along. Well, that's, that's really good. Thank you so much for that. Um, How would someone like me who, you know, I'm far away from my parents, how, how do I know when it's time to start talking with them about making some changes to their home? As soon as you can. I mean, it's, it's really, it, it becomes a conversation that's more about you. And that's how I really started with my mom. I lived in New York. My mom was here. Uh, we were both widowed in 2003. And my brothers were here in California and doing a great job. And every time I came on holiday or vacation, I would do more things with her. And she and I had a fabulous communication. So, I mean, God bless her. We got her up on email after my dad passed because he wouldn't let the computer in the house. And I was able to keep track of things with her and give her a forum to be able to share her concerns. But when it came, for example, to a personal alert system, a personal monitoring system, she had taken a fall in the house and she had a bit of vertigo. So she unlocked the front door when she felt dizzy and she called 911 and then she fell. Oh my gosh. And I always give her enormous credit for unlocking the front door before she fell. But after that incident, then she said, well, you see how well I did that. And I said, that's fine. But let's consider personal monitoring, you know, personal alert pendant. And so that's the direction that we went. And eventually it it really did uh, prove to be valuable for our family. But she wouldn't do it for herself. She had to do it because you asked her and to. She, but she would do it for me. I was blessed that we had that relationship, that we could have that kind of a conversation. You know, some of those pendants these days don't look bad. No, and they're, they're finally figuring that out too. I mean, they now make watches. I saw two years ago at a conference, this exquisite man's like in the big, gigantic executive watch. And the um, side of it, you just hit the button. And it became a medical alert watch, but it didn't look like it. It just looked like a magnificent executive man's watch, but it had a GPS built in and a medical alert system built into it. So a lot of the wearable technologies are are changing. We're going to find more. I mean, our cell phones, if you have it in your pocket, it knows where you are in the world right. kind of at all times. So Right. That's pretty cool because the old technology only worked in your own home, right? right? It didn't work when you were out shopping or wherever you were. Right. So more of those, the companies are, are figuring that out and, and using the technologies that were designed for other uses now for our needs. Another interesting example is if someone has an Alzheimer's family member who might have a propensity to wander, mm-hmm. they make something called smart soles and they are shoe inserts that have GPS in them and an alert system. People have been known to put a bracelet or an ankle bracelet on a family member that might tend to wander, but people are smart. I mean, they figure figure out how to take those things off. But if you have a shoe insert and someone puts their shoes on and walks out the door and walks two miles down the road, 
you'll be able to get an alert on your smartphone at whatever set distance they're not supposed to be out alone. That is awesome. Yes, they're called smart I mean, souls. Who thought of that? I mean, that person was brilliant. Yes. Somebody who had a family <laughs> member who wandered and access to a GPS technology. I, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that is so awesome. Smart souls. And I was thinking, okay, so Mark, I don't know if you remember the show um, Get Smart. Yes. I wonder if that's how they came up with the name Smart Souls. For my listeners who don't remember, that show was a pretty cheesy secret agent show. And when I was a young girl, I wanted to be Agent 99. My first AOL name was Agent 99 at AOL.com or something like that. But I'm thinking I want one of those GPS technologies, but I want mine to be the Star Trek badge. Ah. Do you think they will make a piece of jewelry that looks like the Star Trek? I can see myself when I'm 90 wearing a Star Trek badge. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? I'll just drop a line to the contact I have and we'll see if we can't get that into production for you. <laughs> I don't know how many um, of our parents want to wear a Star Trek badge, so it might be a ahead of its time. <laughs> Trust me, you've met me now. Ahead of my time is that's where I live. So <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm all over Star Trek GPS badges. I love I'm it. I'm making a note now. <laughs> Good. And then when the uh, beam me up technology comes, I want to be beamed up too. <laughs> okay. So you had alluded to some of these changes might be a bit expensive and you said that there are ways to pay for it. Are these basically loans against your home or is there a federal or are there state programs to help? What what about expensive modifications that somebody might not be able to afford? Yes. The short answer is there are different kinds of loans against the house. If the house is paid for, you can take a new first mortgage. Some people will do a reverse mortgage and the rules for that have changed drastically to really protect homeowners and their heirs. There are some veterans. There is a veterans benefit that may take a while with the paperwork, but they have a very specific home modification benefit that's separate from what we understand to be aid and attendance. Some communities will offer tax rebates or loans against a property. Those in the past have been related to energy efficiency and weatherization. But if you were going to do some changes to the doorways, for example, or changes to the windows to make them more accessible for someone who might have a mobility issue, then if you put weather-tight windows in, you could apply for the windows under a weatherization program. And then the advantage is that someone, for example, in a wheelchair would be able to open and close those windows where they might not be able to now. Not everything is covered like that, but there are some creative ways to get some financial support for parts of this uh, process. And other than that, people have to just fund it themselves. You can make some, I believe, selections and some modifications perhaps out of a Roth IRA if you had that instrument. I'm not exactly sure and I'm not a financial planner, but I know at the national level, based on the information that I got when I was in Washington in March, that there are a number of organizations looking to create a family caregiving tax credit because the cost to families is so high simply on the caregiving side and then looking at changes in the regulations for use of 401k money as well. So there's some folks at the national level trying to drive some legislation that would provide in the future uh, more opportunities because there's simply going to be more of more of us as 
citizens that are going to be moving into this particular time and space and the enormous costs on the medical side, the lifetime cost of a broken hip can be over $70,000. Oh my gosh. And if you put $70,000 worth of renovations in your home and you avoided the broken hip, then the medical system is way ahead of the game. And so now there are even homeowners insurance companies looking at newer policies that would be like homeowners plus. So if you had, as happened in the home that I was renting before this one, a slab leak and a master shower pan leak that... Wonderful. (laughs) Four months sleeping on an air mattress. I was a happy camper. But anyway, so the house was restored through the homeowner's insurance. The companies are now looking, especially those that carry multiple lines, that if they did homeowners plus, where I paid a little bit more in the premium, if I'd been the landlord, that when the shower was restored, then the safety bars would go in and the linear drain would go in and the no threshold. So as it was in the house I was renting, they restored it the way it was. So if I wanted safety bars, they were on me. And so, I mean, we put in safety bars, but the idea is that the larger entities that are looking at how national resources, how national monetary resources and financial resources are spent are looking at a number of these issues and ways to help homeowners build some of that into more creative ways to be able to address these issues because the costs of alternative housing is so high, 45, 60,000 a year or more, certainly in San Diego County in an assisted living community. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of home remodels that you could do for that $60,000 that buys you more than one year exactly. in the home that you love. Absolutely. That is definitely a good point. So we're starting to get to the end of the show. And before we do, um, before the interview, you and I were talking about the six things that you can do in your home or six easy things. We want to be able to give my listeners some tips on how they can reduce stress when they have an Alzheimer's patient living at home. Yes. The six easy things, one is to check the lighting in the house to reduce glare, including reflections off shiny kitchen countertops and also to reduce shadows because the glare and the shadows can be triggers for um, aggressive behavior. And another is to remove or cover mirrors and also reflective surfaces because sometimes the Alzheimer's patient will not recognize even if it's themselves in the mirror. In addition to that, family pictures. We put out family pictures and for those of us who don't have Alzheimer's because we think that it will help them remember us. But if the part of their brain that will do that recognition isn't functioning, then it looks like there are strangers in their homes. So remove those so family remove pictures. So remove the family pictures and just put pictures of flowers, landscapes, seascapes, anything that's a pleasant picture, but not family pictures, not faces, because then they, they either may be agitated that why are strangers pictures in their homes or early on frustrated because they can acknowledge that they don't remember. Mm. And so it just creates kind of an unspoken stress. Also busy patterns in floors, on walls, uh, in furniture, 
that's also another stimulus that creates confusion. So if you have a beautiful paisley covered sofa, put a lovely beige sheet over the top of it. Just cover up anything that adds to the visual stimulation. Also, the use of color can help a person differentiate between like a plate and a placemat. And if you substitute plastic glasses and beautiful plastic plates for your china and regular glasses, I mean, I'm not suggesting that we give people plastic mugs to drink out of, but anything that will just avoid an accident and still be beautiful, you know, so the person is still participating the same as anyone in the family. Also, odors and sharp sounds can be triggers for stress. So the use of lavender as a calming uh, fragrance is recommended. Uh, Soft background music can also reduce the stresses. I had an aromatherapy specialist tell me one time that the herb rosemary is in fact a trigger for stress. And I've seen here in Southern California beautiful rosemary hedges and plants and people have herb gardens. But if you have a patient with Alzheimer's, that fragrance of rosemary may be a trigger. So pull out the rosemary and put in lavender. Put in lavender, right. They can be hedged as well. Very, very good advice. Thank you. You have been such a wealth (laughs) of information. This has been power packed. Oh, before we go, what is the contact information that you'd like to give out for my listeners? My phone number? is 800-984-1186. And my email address is fritzi, F-R-I-T-Z-I, at householdguardians.com. And the website is householdguardians.com. Oh, thank you, Fritzy, for coming on the show today. Your information was so important to us. Many of us have parents and in-laws, and some of us have spouses who are aging, and we definitely want to keep them safe. So that helps us rock our own retirement when we are not stressing out about our loved ones. Thanks again, Fritzy, for coming on the show. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to share the information. The more we know, the better off we all are. Absolutely. And to get today's freebie, the six easy tips to change your home for someone living with Alzheimer's, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash A-L-Z. We will see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Hi, this is Kathy. When I'm not hosting Rock Your Retirement, I'm helping people with their Medicare insurance. One of the times you need to check your Medicare insurance is when you've moved. To get my free guide, Five Things You Need to Know About Medicare When You're Moving, just go to medicarequick.com slash move. And in the meantime, listen to these cool disclosures. Neither Medicare Quick nor its agents is connected with the federal Medicare program. Medical insurance licensed in the states of California, Florida, Nevada, and Texas, and Medicare Advantage and Prescription Drug Plan service areas vary. California Insurance License 0797566. Oh, wait. 
I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. 
just go to rockyourretirement.com support and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.